0: It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 243, entitled, Nathan Did Not Find a Dinosaur. It was recorded on Monday, the 27th of February, 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I will be joined, as always, by some notable WordPress guests. I'm joined this week by Paul Halfpenny, but also by Samantha Miller. It's a WordPress podcast, so what do we talk about? Well... WordPress mainly. WordPress 6.2 Beta 3 is just around the corner, and I'm going to be hosting a walkthrough with Anne McCarthy and Rich Table. Find out how you can get involved in that. It's all going to be held on Zoom this coming Thursday. We also talk about the fact that MemberMouse, the plugin, has been bought by MemberPress. There's an interesting article by somebody who I couldn't identify called Betrayed by WordPress. Are you clinging on like they are to PHP? We also get into the whole topic of tech layoffs and whether it's affecting you and what you can do about it, where you can go and find support and so on. WordPress London is coming back. WordCamp London, I should say. It's coming back this year, 2023 in September. Hopefully the organisers will get some survey details out of you to make that show as good as possible. Meetup.com have bowed to the accessibility pressure that the WordPress community put on them. Go and see what that's about. We also talk about the fact that you can flatten your WordPress websites, and Patrick Posner did a podcast episode with me discussing all about that. And we talk about Cadence 3.0, the big update. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash Builds. Hello there. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome, depending on where you are in the world. Very nice to have you uh, with us. Really appreciate it. This is This Week in WordPress 242. Goodness me, it's like we should have run out of things to say about WordPress <laughs> hundreds of episodes ago. But there you go. It's the CMS that keeps on giving. We are joined this week by two people, neither of whom have been on this show before. Um, Sadly, the marketing materials that we were putting out had Jess Frick's name on. Uh, Get well soon, Jess, is all I need to say. She's not feeling very well, and so she's pulled out today's show. But uh, we've got these two fine people joining us. First of all, Samantha. Now, Samantha, I do apologize. I never asked in advance. Is it Mueller?
1: It's Miller. It's Miller.
0: Oh, for goodness sake. Okay. Um, I do apologize. Miller, that's interesting because it's got yeah. that Germanic sort of look to it.
1: Uh, At my wedding, my maid of honor mispronounced it as well, so it's (laughs) (laughs) totally (laughs) fine.
0: I feel less bad. Uh, That's not quite so bad. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully this won't be the first and only time. Samantha is the content marketer at Nexus. We've we've had lots of um, people from Nexus on before. She's a WordPress dabbler and a a world-class pet namer. Right, I've got to drill down on those. Firstly... What is a WordPress dabbler?
1: I've been using it since I was in high school. Oh, nice. uh, I wouldn't consider myself an expert, but I know enough to get around and I've yeah. had many accounts.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, that'll do. It's always nice to get a different perspective. So I appreciate you coming on. But what's this pet naming thing all about? Have you got, have oh, you got I've, many pets?
1: Uh, not currently, but I, I give them the best names.
0: Oh, nice. Go on. <laughs> I, have, up. Uh,
1: I have two pins. The older of the two is Ziggy Woof <laughs> And uh, our younger one, whose spirit matches her name, is Stevie Licks. <laughs> oh, that's good.
0: Yeah. As in Licks. Okay, got <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. Oh, that's marvelous. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today. Hopefully, hopefully like Happy I said, it won't be the first and only time. Also joining us today, we have got Paul Halfpenny. How are you doing, Paul? Oh, very well, thank
2: you. You pronounced it right. Well yes, done. yes, yours is
0: more straight <laughs> unless it's Powell or something like that. Yeah. Paul Half Penny. Um a but, quite a lot. Yeah, oh right, really okay. okay. Oh halpeny. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, so of course, apenny. yeah. Well, Paul is joining us. He was actually on a podcast episode that I did uh recently. I, did, I was just saying to Paul prior to re- pressing record, his voice is totally in my head at the minute because he's been he's been in my ears for the last little while. But Paul is the CTO at Filter, which is a remote-first digital agency that specializes in open-source tech, such as WordPress, Laravel, React, React Native, and Ionic. Um, The team there works on WordPress sites for clients, including, check this out, this is cool, Mm -hmm. Crystal Palace FC, which is a major football club over here, Medivet Ennismore, Thistle and major clients we're not even allowed to mention, ooh, in 2022. Uh, He talked at... Go on, you were going to say. No, 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 they're all secret. Oh, okay, yes. (laughs) You must must kill the messenger if if we mention. In 2022, he talked at Porto at WordCamp EU. He also was there at WordCamp US in San Diego. He's also a massive, and I've got this on good authority, a massive fan of Depeche Mode, and apparently they've got a new album coming out. He also likes to dabble in Star Wars and Disney, and he's just returned from an epic two-and-a-half-week Christmas stay over there. So okay, if Depeche Mode played in Disneyland, is <gasps> that... <laughs> I, mean, <laughs>
2: I haven't even considered that.
0: Uh, right. No, I bet they haven't either. What's the fascination <laughs> yeah, with Depeche Mode?
2: Um, Enjoy the Silence, nineteen ninety, yep. came out. I was fifteen. Perfect time. Wasn't really into music until that point. That hit. That was it. Since was then. It. It's yeah. Just got worse and worse. To be honest, it's interesting
0: because um, I I was a massive music fan, and much less so since I got mm-hmm. older. But I never I never sort of coalesced on one band as the thing. Right. It was always like a bit of this and a bit of that. And it's interesting when you meet people who just like you know, it's like the Elvis fan when you see people yeah. going to those sort of Elvis shows. You think, have we moved on? Do, do we all have to keep listening <laughs> to Elvis? And I would I'm yeah. not levelling that charge at you, but is there ever <laughs> is there ever a moment where you go, do you know what? maximum depeche mode has now been reached
2: i probably no it just get worse as i get older <laughs> you know? and, and i think um we just, somebody in the comments just said they're touring they are they start tour next week uh, next month well that is um, we've got our tickets booked and albums out and the most exciting thing i think was they released a new single a couple of weeks ago and we listened to it and we went these guys are 60 and that that's really good and so I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know, that they, they released something that was still great and I, I can keep loving them. Forever. Oh,
0: that's so nice. It's like a it's like a comfortable pair of shoes or something like I, that. It very much is, yeah. It costs <laughs> well, a lot in you. box sets. Yeah. Thank, you know. you. thank you for joining us on the Depeche Mode podcast. We're not mm. going to talk about WordPress today. It's all going to be about music. No, no the person in the comments there is Peacher. She's been on uh, the podcast several times. I do a, a week, a monthly show with her all about UI and UX. So kind of thought that she might comment on that because she likes seems to like her music we've got a few comments that have come in really appreciate it when people do that thank you very much lana is saying good evening from rainy ukraine it's 4 p.m it's rainy here in the uk and um as if to as if to keep the weather report thing going peter ingersoll every single week drops in a weather report about where he is (laughs) in connecticut So it's 9 a.m., mostly sunny in Connecticut. It's 32 degrees Fahrenheit or 0 degrees centigrade. The weather hasn't changed much, has it, Peter, in the last two months? Tonight, we are expecting our first winter storm of the year with with upwards of (gasps) (gasps) 8 inches of snow. Peter, go and hide. Um, Thank you, though, for leaving us a comment. I really appreciate it. And we've also got Courtney joining us. She says, good day with a nice morning coffee. Really appreciate that. If you want to make any comments, there are several caveats. The first thing is, well, the easiest way to make comments is to go to this page, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. And if you're logged into a Google account, you're good to go because it's YouTube. It's a YouTube commenting system over there. But if you're in our Facebook group, there's a little step you've got to go through because Facebook disallow us to retrieve your username and avatar unless you go through this step. My understanding is you only have to do it once. And then if you don't clear your cookies from your browser, you're good to go. You go to chat.restream.io. That's the platform we use, forward slash FB, chat.restream.io forward slash FB. And once you've done that, click the authorize whatever button, and then we can see who you are. If you want to remain anonymous, that's fine too. Maybe just include your name in the post or something like that. Okay, right. Fine, fine, fine. We've got lots to talk about today. Uh, Firstly, I should say that we didn't get here last week because we had a summit on. We had the Page Builder Summit going on, which is now over. So we skipped a week. So some of these articles might not be like super brand new shiny. They might be, you know, 10 days or something old, but I I felt that they were worth including. So let's get right to it. Let me share my screen. Let me just find the right one. Here we are. Uh first thing which we always do is enormous amounts of self-promotion. Uh, this is our website, wpbuilds.com. If you fancy keeping in touch with what we do, fill out this little box here, include your email address, and we'll email you twice a week. That's basically it, telling you when we've got new content out. Um, yeah, that's all I really want to say about that. You'll notice on here, though, that the podcast is supported by GoDaddy Pro. We'll be talking about them a little bit later, but appreciate GoDaddy Pro for all of their ongoing efforts on keeping the podcast going. It's been an amazing journey. Thank you. Good morning, says Michelle Frechette. Hello. Nice to have you with us, Michelle. Appreciate it. And let's get on to the first piece of WordPress news. This is (coughs) WordPress 6.2 Beta 3 is coming around. And there's going to be a live demo on the 2nd of March. It's being Um, It's being aired on Zoom. You don't need to book for it. You just turn up, and Anne McCarthy and Rich Tabor will be on the call. I'm actually the moderator of that, and I'm a little bit nervous because I never use Zoom, and I don't understand how to use Zoom, but hopefully between the three of us, we'll we'll somehow get through it. But if you want to go and post your questions all about WordPress 6.2, then go to this article, WP Tavern. It was on the 22nd of Feb. It's called WordPress 6.2 Beta 3, released contributors to host live product demo on the 2nd of March. And there's a link in there where you can submit your questions. And there's also a link directly into the Zoom call at the appropriate time. My understanding on the 2nd of March, I think it might be 4 p.m. UK time. It could be 5 p.m. If I look at my calendar, I could tell you. But anyway, it's about then. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. There'll be a bit of a bit of a laugh. I've never done it before, so that will be cool. Um, and I'm going to ask Samantha and Paul if they're going to attend. And if not, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course
2: we're going to attend. Yeah, yeah, of course yes, you are. Absolutely. We'll never see you again. <laughs> no, 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 but definitely. Um, I think it's really exciting. Is It, it kind of end of phase two, isn't it, with WordPress 6.2? You know, yeah, there's it's on to the next thing. It's yeah, there is going to be a
0: large amount to talk about. I think Anne and Rich have got a lot in the pipeline. I mean, there's just so much going on, the finishing of full site editing being one of them, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Samantha, I was joking. You don't have to attend, it's totally fine.
1: Oh, no. no. I'm still relatively new to WordPress. I made the switch to marketing and in the WordPress sphere. Um, a little bit into the pandemic. I'm not from WordPress background. So the more I can learn, the better. And I I really enjoy the the demos like this.
0: Yeah, it should be really good. They're, They're apparently in the last little cycle, um there's been 34 issues you can see it on the page here has been 34 issues have been resolved um and the cumulative number of enhancements since the beta 2 release is 292 which is really rather a lot 354 bug fixes and counting so there will be a lot to talk about uh, there's genuinely quite a lot of ui changes um in there as well so if you do want to keep up to speed i mean it's just a good way to get ahead of the curve if you've got a bunch of clients and they are using well for example things like blocks there's a whole load of things changing around there and obviously full site editing is coming to a coming to a close and the beta label is being ripped off it so yeah i well i'm just on a personal level i'd appreciate anybody who does show up just to you know mock me <laughs> for being unable to answer questions <laughs> I just want to see how you use Zoom and so just oh, it's, to make sure that you... It's, um, gonna be yeah. a, it's not going to be good. Uh, luckily enough, the WordPress team behind this, I, uh, somebody reached out to me last week and asked if I was interested, and I said, yes, this sounds great. And then I, it just suddenly occurred to me, really, the only way that I do these kind of things, typically, is on the tools that I use. And I've got all that muscle memory, you know, I know where all the buttons are. So doing it all on, a, on an unfamiliar platform is uh, scaring me a little bit but they've been yeah. very kind. They've given me a, a depth. We're going to have a demo run through sort of thing tomorrow where I can figure out how all the technology works. And, and so that's
2: great. I feel, I feel yeah. really good. Yeah. On and that. I think it, uh, the way Rich talks about WordPress is really, really easy to understand. I, I, I think I've told him a couple of times after I've watched talks that he's done that actually he's great at presenting it in a really accessible way. Um, and I think that anybody that's new to WordPress is a really good start. For them
0: to, to understand that, yeah, he's got a very calming way about him, hasn't he? Very calm, and, and he has the cleanest house I've ever seen. I've never actually been in his house, but when you look at the background, it's like, Whoa, I know what yeah, yeah, it's very nice. Um, Courtney, who is very much involved in all of this kind of stuff, uh, says absolutely suggest looking at the 6.2 post as well. Yes, it's the, the 6.2 beta post is linked here. Maybe I should just crack that one open quickly. Um Lauren Stein looks like on the 21st of February I presume this is what you're meaning uh, Courtney if not feel free to drop us a link and I'll put that one into the into the show notes which go out tomorrow as well but uh, yeah please come and join us Uh, have some questions prepared and hopefully we'll get Anne McCarthy or Rich Tabor uh, on the show Uh, yeah and get able to answer some of those questions that'd be great there's a link what does she say there's a link in there, I think, for testing. Okay. Excuse me. I'm making this up on the fly. Can't see. Oh, a link in the piece that I just opened and then closed again. Yeah. Okay, Courtney. If you find it, let, let us know and I'll I'll try and stick it on the screen. Okay. Right, let's move on. It seems like every heartbeat almost, we get somebody in WordPress buying something else in WordPress. Last year, 2021 and 2022 in particular, seemed like, you couldn't wait, you know, another another week, another plugin has been acquired. This is an interesting one. I I confess I don't really get involved in membership websites too much, but I've certainly heard of both of these companies before, um, because MemberPress um, have bought or acquired, I don't really know what the right word is, they've bought so, uh, Member mouse. Years ago, when I joined WordPress, I was actually trying to build a membership site. That was one of the reasons that drove me towards WordPress because there were all these membership plugins and I did need to do something. And both of these were players, you know, more than a well, sort of going back a decade, basically. But Blair has written this post saying that Member Mouse has joined the case proof family. Then goes on to say that, case all like all case proof products, I'm guessing Blair is the owner of Case Proof, but it also seems from what I'm reading here, because he, and to quote, not only that, Member Mouse, like all case proof products, is now part of the W Beginner Accelerator Growth, uh, growth Accelerator led by Syed Bulky. I don't know if that means this has been bought under the auspices of Awesome Motive or if it's just some accelerator program that they're going under. Anyway, the two things seem to have lots and lots of overlap, um, so I don't really know how they're going to fit together. I don't know if they are. It sounds, from what he's writing, like they're going to keep the two things totally separate, which begs the question, why buy a very similar competing product if you're going to keep them separate? don't really know, but just thought I'd mention it. I'll, I'll open it up to you guys. Do you get involved in member sites, member kind of LMS type things?
2: Um, yeah I we, we've used some either that we've built ourselves you know to do simple integrations or to to use more more complex ones I think this one's really interesting because usually you see some more like stellar Wp you know buying lots of different types of things that form to form a unit together whereas this feels more like a vertical integration doesn't it where you're buying almost something that exists in the same vertical as you, but in a, it offers a different niche audience. So I think what Blair's talking about in that post is he's talking about their enterprise offering and it being great for enterprise and not maybe combining the products, but maybe taking the value from understanding what that team's been doing and building that into member press. Um, And that's a bit different from the, the usual acquisition model, right? Yeah,
0: I wonder what the, because he does say just right here, actually, he says, MemberMouse is a powerful enterprise-grade membership plugin. I don't actually know what that language means. I mean, I understand (laughs) what enterprise is, but I don't know what the sort of killer feature or features in there, or if it's just a happenstance of history that MemberMouse has been bought by enterprise clients and there's something in there that they appreciate. Um, Yeah, I don't really know. It says it's it's often mistaken for an online service rather than a plug-in, which is kind of
2: interesting. <coughs> I think I it's work. an interesting move, even if it, you know, just because it's that different type of acquisition that's mm. taking place. I think it'd be really good to find out a little bit more, actually.
0: Yeah, it says, it's our goal to optimise and expand. Eric Turnenson, I'm not sure if I've said that correctly, uh, who is the founder, built it in 2009. Their goal is to optimise and expand that legacy and we've got a passion to pull it off well i mean i guess if a membership plugin is going to be bought by somebody then i guess if you're a member mouse user at least it's been bought by a company that you know have got skin in the game and interested in carrying those kind of solutions forward so yeah, yeah. uh samantha anything about this or should we move on
1: no you can move on i don't Look have a lot you know. of experience yeah. on this.
0: Yeah. okay uh i thought this piece was really interesting although i am struggling to find out who it is i, I I love it when somebody implements a theme on WordPress, which is so minimal that you can barely get an impression of, of who they are. The 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 piece, I can't remember how it came to be, probably on Mastodon or something like that, but it's the URL is herozed, H-I-R-Z, sorry, H-I-R-O-Z-E-D or Z-E-D dot me. And this just really struck me because it seems to be, Something that I hear occasionally, but not necessarily written down. The post is called "Betrayed by WordPress," and if you're listening to this, whether it's today or in subsequent days, I'd be really interested to know what your thoughts are. They're obviously a, a developer, a PHP developer, going back in the day because they've they mentioned right at the outset of this very short article how how much they enjoyed using WordPress as a CMS, particularly because it was the foundation of it was built on PHP, and uh, I just love this. There's this three three points to why PHP and WordPress are cool. It says, PHP makes sense to me. Number one, where's the data? Number two, what do I do with the data? Number three, this is true. Plunk the data in between some markup. You're done. That's it. That's how it all began. And now um, he's basically saying, look, now it's all javascript and everything's hard in javascript everything's difficult in javascript i don't know how many times i've tried to debug things in javascript and it doesn't doesn't debug in the way that i want it to and basically i'm stuck the the pieces give me the old wordpress back can we just rewind the clock please can we reset and i know uh, for example paul i know that your agency of uh, you know you, you haven't you haven't stuck with all of this have you you've got into the new hotness and You've got React and all of that written in your um, written in your little testimonial at the beginning, which I read out. Not testimonial, mm. your little bio. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm imagining that you're going to disagree with this. Maybe there's a maybe, maybe I don't
2: know. I don't necessarily disagree. I, I have a lot of sympathy for people that are being forced down a particular pathway and feeling like they're being sent somewhere else, and they've they've got to learn this new language and they've got to deal with the. The really fractured landscape that is javascript you know there's loads of different frameworks there's loads of different ways of doing things things move very quickly um i can see how that's a problem i think the word betrayed interesting phrase (laughs) like i would maybe piece it as maybe feeling left behind perhaps in terms of the direction that wordpress might be taking and some of the things that are happening but i think that there is a, a sense that some of the things that happen, particularly as we move forward with, you know, the the phases of WordPress as we go forward, can only be delivered with JavaScript right now. So, collaboration being phase three, workflows could—is there a way to do that? Server-side with PHP and it may be easier to do that with. But you know, I know it's been a contentious issue in the community for the last couple of years. But you know, I we recognise the signs pretty early on and when actually this, this is the way it's going and then we've tried to upskill our team to help them achieve that and actually we still have a mix of people and, and sometimes we're you know doing php and wordpress and javascript in wordpress as well but also php with laravel and that community is very strong as well so laracon's just been on the last week and there's a, there's been a really strong turnout for laracon um so I think I think there are places to pick for people to go. I'm not suggesting that they they leave WordPress, but you know I think that there's room for all of those technologies and those frameworks there. But I think technology moves on, right? We're not we're not you know we're not using HTML one anymore. <laughs> and um, CSS has moved forward a little bit in in those times as well. So I think I think stuff does move on, and I think you need to you, you know you 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 probably want to adapt. I know that there's lots of people still earning loads of money by writing COBOL for, because nobody understands COBOL anymore because they're the, the yes. last few COBOL programmers yeah, isn't that left quality? in the world. Yeah. Yes, but they're earning loads of money. So maybe <laughs> stick with it as long as you can. And then, in, yeah. in, in you know, yeah, your earnings time, will probably drop, but then in a decade or something, it'll up. just
0: shoot right up <laughs> yeah. because be nobody left. It's fascinating to me, actually, that that WordPress has maintained its PHP roots for so long in an unwavering, backwards-compatible way. Prior to using WordPress, I I was a big fan of Drupal. And one of the reasons that I got really a bit bit tired of Drupal was that every time they came out with a point release, so the equivalent of WordPress 3, 4, 5, and so on, they would, um, they would not honor backwards compatibility. They would just hop to the next technology, which they felt was going to do the next couple of years and whilst that was great it did mean that every time a major version of Drupal dropped so every 18 months two years you had to begin again new templating engine uh, they dropped symphony in there at one point and for me it was just a little bit a little bit too much to keep going so I can understand where the the person from this article comes from but it also means that maybe WordPress has been so backwards compatible for so long that it does mean that a lot of people have become really comfortable in their workflow Mm -hmm. and so when finally the javascript shoe dropped it was a bit of a a sudden shock that's not quite true though is it we've had several years to sort of warm up to this
2: but But i'm interested in what Samantha thinks actually because wordpress just isn't all about not all wordpress users are developers wordpress users are content creators right so from a content marketing perspective I don't know if you see some of this this development stuff under the hood, but what do you think about the interface and how it it works?
1: I haven't come across this particular argument before, and I, you know, as someone that doesn't work in the back end, I don't think I can fully appreciate the impact of um, what this change means. Um, but you know, I I get annoyed when things change as well. Like every time there's a subtle font change on my phone, I'm just like, oh, yeah, So um, I'm not sure. How it impacts me as someone that uses it primarily for content creation, um, but in, in a more philosophical, I guess, way of, of thinking about it, I think it is important to continue to learn and, and adapt to a, a new style of, of working. Because I mean, I'm doing that in a different way now, so I get it, and I, I, I agree to a point that it, it sucks, <laughs> but at the same time. Um,
2: there's room to learn yeah personal
1: growth yeah it would be i guess it would be
0: akin to i don't know going to school in english or something you know all the teachers are speaking english then suddenly you show up one day and the curriculum's now all taught in french um you've suddenly got to get your get a grip of french before you can start to to move on with your education And, and that is in effect, what's happening? If if you are hoping to develop on top of WordPress, you now have to have PHP, which is the language of of of, of its history, plus HTML, uh, CSS, and now JavaScript, but also some fairly new um, some fairly new versions of JavaScript, shall we say? And mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who, uh, yeah, it's it's a struggle to learn that stuff. You know, they've got enough enough on their plate just dealing with the client work that they've got the idea of finding tons of time to to learn something new like that is uh, is hard paul in your agency have you mm. did you sort of self-educate yourselves one at a time or did you guys put like a program
2: together or buy a course or how did you even manage it it's really interesting because developers some developers learn different ways so yeah. i'm i'm very much a learner by doing So, kind of, you know, sink or swim or find something to do. And we certainly have a couple of developers that already have have the ability to learn as they do something. So, it's more like finding the right project or task, doing an introduction. Um, And then getting the senior devs to help out the the slightly more junior ones or the ones that are newer to JavaScript. Go, okay, this is the way that we want to do things and then helping them that way. Um, But we tend to learn on the job. Or we'll find discrete projects or, like, side projects and go, right, go go away and go and try and do this in JavaScript. And then we'll find out how to upskill them that way. Um, from a from a business point of view, there
0: must be quite a lot mm-hmm. of uh, – dead time is really the wrong phrase, and it's not the phrase I'm looking for, <laughs> yeah, but it'll do. Um, you know, time – because that sounds like quite a lot of fun. Oh, let's figure out yeah. a project where we can – but also it's not necessarily – Turning the cog of profitability is not printing
2: the money at no, those right. moments so that must it's be not, quite hard it is it's, it agency is, is a bit peak and trough to be honest so you have those really high busy busy periods and then actually you just suddenly find oh we've got, we've got almost a week free this is fantastic but but what are we going to do in that week um so yeah i think i think the value of agency and the best thing about agency is you get to work on a number of different projects all you would all get thrown at you with all different requirements and different solutions, and that allows us to experiment a bit more. And what we do is we kind of sort of build in some of our timelines when we're developing work to go, well, actually, we'll add another two weeks to this project, not because we want um, to get it done, not because it's taken longer to get done, but what we'll do is we'll spend some time learning as part of that project, and we'll accept that we will be developing this additional thing that we've never done before, and we'll give ourselves a bit of extra grace to do that. So nice, nice. Well,
0: mm. yeah, really interesting. I just thought it was quite a nice, uh, a nice piece. Yeah, maybe betrayal mm. is the. Uh... it's the wrong word but it's It's what they chose uh so if you are in fact the person who wrote that blog piece i'd love to (laughs) love to know who you are Mm. uh that'd be great thank you so much okay let's move on okay this is the topic of our time at the minute i feel like two years ago it was covid right everybody nothing was nothing about covid everybody talking about covid now it's um layoffs and the cost of living crisis and all of that kind of Mm. stuff so This is a piece, we got quite a few today from the WP Tavern, so we'll just say one great big thank you to Sarah Gooding for putting so many good pieces out in the last little uh, little while. But, um, yeah, she's basically drawing attention to the fact that during, well, really, up until pretty recently... Um, lots of the big tech companies that we've all heard of, you know, the Googles and the Peloton, she mentioned, here, Stripe and various others have been shedding staff. And the numbers have been pretty eye-watering, actually, when you get to the level of Google who lay off, you know, literally a small town's worth of people in one hit. Um, it's catastrophic. But But WordPress itself and the wider WordPress ecosystem really did seem to to be immune to that. And of course, you know, time and tide and all that. We now seem to be in a period where that is happening. GoDaddy, um, amongst others, announced a few layoffs. And then, as this article says, uh, quite a few different companies um, were sort of laying people off as well. DigitalOcean and Cloudways laying people off. And I just wondered, um, well, firstly, from Samantha's point of view, I don't know how how it is for you, the sort of content marketing side. That seems to be um one of the one of the pieces of the jigsaw which gets called into this conversation. It seems to be a lot of the content marketing side of things that seem to get the first wave of the layoffs. And I don't know from where you are on the Nexus side if you've experienced any of that or if you've been you guys have been completely immune to it.
1: Uh, so far we've been immune. Um I, I've seen a lot of it on Twitter. I'm following uh, the the many people that are expressing uh, their their feelings on it. Um, it's bad um, to some degree. I, I guess I would have expected it because you know they a lot of companies ramped up at the beginning of the pandemic to meet demand, and kind of like seasonal workers in retail. You know, when that boom isn't there, stuff like this happens. Um, but you mentioned the cost of living crisis, and um, in America, the um, the poverty line, the federal poverty line has not actually changed. Like the formula for determining what is in poverty it hasn't changed since the 60s. So right. when stuff like this happens, I think that the people that uh, are hit for the first time uh, in experiences like this, it's, it's almost more than devastating and sorry and um i i would like to think that with how wordpress works in general there's a lot of opportunity to to recapture opportunities on your own but it's so hard when it seems like so many people are doing that and when the industry is getting hit like this in so many different larger companies it kind of feels like the end of the dot-com boom when mm. you know, it's just depressing and i i'm gonna go off on a rant if you don't stop me
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome to go off on a rant if you like yeah i know what you mean that whole kind of bubble thing yeah. um during covid i didn't really get a sense that people were overhiring hiring. I just got a sense that the world has changed. Everything's gone online and is going to stay online from now on. You know, we're all going to be doing Zoom calls forever and a day. And even if office is open, we'll still be doing the Zoom calls because, you know, the, the economics of offices have shifted and so on. And, and it really seems that everybody's belts have tightened, lots of people getting laid off, but also lots of people getting laid off at more or less the, on the exact same week does make that puzzle really difficult, doesn't it? Because if you've got, I don't know, let's say a 1,000 WordPress people suddenly all looking for what is probably a dwindling number of jobs, that makes the competition and the fear much greater. You know, six months ago, there were so many people vying for the one job, and now it must be so many people times X vying for the same number of jobs. So it must be, yeah, it must be really, really disappointing. I know Michelle is on this call. Uh, oh, look, as if by magic, she literally put the <laughs> the comment in. She she actually posed this question to Matt during WordCamp Asia. You can find that on the Q&A section. But also, Michelle, I think it's right in, am I right in saying that you are posting I know you've got your WP career pages, but is there a place where you would guide people, Michelle, if they are facing redundancy? because I know you do a lot of work in this space. So how's it going over at filter, Paul?
2: Yeah <laughs> we haven't made any redundancies and we're not looking you don't need to which is, is amazing for us. you know we're, we're very lucky we've experienced quite a period of growth last year, but we tend to hire quite slowly. And we, we tend to be quite sure and want to be quite sure before we take people on that, that that is the case. I think it's I think there's a couple of things going on, isn't there? There's obviously a rebounding back. It's like with COVID, you have that elastic band and it's coming back a bit and suddenly, you know, people are tightening their belts. I think it's interesting that so many companies are doing it all at the same time and they all seem to yeah. be getting rid of seven <laughs> percent. You know, it's a, it's a strange figure, isn't it? You know, you're picking off a certain amount of people. And obviously, those, you know, they're, they're not doing it for this earnings call. They're doing it for the earnings call in a year's time when that actually filters down through their P&L because a lot of people, fortunately, are getting decent severance packages. And I think that's the, the most important point. But you look forward three months when those severance packages have ended, and that's the job, that's isn't it? If people haven't found jobs by then, you know, they, they might be in a bit more trouble.
0: yeah. Um, yeah, the run the runway is not that long, is it? I, I think in the article okay. it mentions um a typical severance package being something like six weeks plus a week for every, I don't know, year or two years or whatever yeah. it is that you have been involved in. So that does quickly dwindle. Michelle is out getting a link. Uh she's gonna try and find the link to that. That would be great. Thank you for that. But also, Pietcher, I confess I didn't see the comment that was made by matt but it sounds like you didn't regard it favorably um so this is in response to michelle saying that she asked matt about this problem and she says you did ask that michelle and his reply was disappointing to say the least Petra, if you're able to tell us what you know in a few words uh, what was it that he said and why was it uh of disappointment i i imagine it was something along the Sort of open source side of things. But yeah, lots of companies cutting jobs, lots of companies cutting jobs at the same time, especially companies. Uh, it mentions organizations like XWP and Human Made, who I don't think have had this experience in the past. Uh, Paul, in your bio at the beginning, uh, your agency filter, the first words that you say about it were, was that you are a remote first mm. digital agency. Now that speaks volumes to what we were just talking about like zoom calls and things but have you always been that way or did you shift and stay shifted
2: no we shifted during covid so i think it was literally april march 2020 when we were told to go home i think we were shifting that way anyway to be honest i was going into the office less and less because i wanted to spend more time with the family i wanted to spend more time at home and that commuting time whilst very useful to watch films <laughs> with, yeah. um, and, and catch up on and i've done less of that since which just it just seemed like a seemed like a waste of time having to go out so early and come back so late at night and the pressure you put on your partners to deal with the kids when you're doing that kind of thing and i just felt less and less need to be in the office so we rem- we went remote first and it's tough like it's as tough as having an office in some ways Yeah the people that you can hire are, you've got a wider pool of people you can talk to. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. And that's helped us because we now have people, you know, in Edinburgh, in Poland, in Turkey, you know, as well as people that live around London in the UK. But, you know, commuting into London is expensive. And and I think having the ability to give people time to, to look after the kids to do Drop offs to do pickups when they're ill at school, you know. To be able to drop all that stuff at the last minute when you're working remotely is so important. Um, but I think um, I think it's really go back to the transparency of some of the posts around um, layoffs because I don't I don't think I've seen that before. So I know like mm. the last recession was probably what two thousand eight, maybe with the banking crisis, we had a bit of social media back then. I remember I was on Facebook back then. Um, but I think the transparency is something that's 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 um really surprised me in terms of people talking about that kind of thing. And I think what well, you know, what Michelle's doing with her list and what they're doing on post status, because they're they're giving free membership to people that yes. have lost their jobs and I think that's amazing. Um because I think there are people still hiring out there and and it might be that the, there's really great opportunities that you may not have realised um because you weren't necessarily looking. So I think um I think there's it, it's a terrible time i'm not I'm not sure it ends quickly either, mm. but hopefully the recession is shallow and we can we can kind of get back to some sort of sense of normality instead of seeing these headlines every week your your move
0: to going digital uh, sorry remote first remote. all did that um do, do you think that saved you enough money to we- weather the current storm so you know you lose all the offices and all of the high rent that you probably would have been paying for that mm. and and everybody's combined pockets is shelling out for uh, rail travel and all of this kind of stuff do you i mean i'm guessing given the fact that you haven't laid anybody off so far that that really proves to have been a, a very clever decision with hindsight
2: <laughs> nothing's done cleverly yeah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's you a, take a decision and uh, uh, it yeah. works you look great and if it yeah. doesn't you look terrible <laughs> it's like Ooh, we made the right choice. Um, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that it had that much impact in terms of money saving, to be really? honest. Okay. What I would say is that it's allowed us to be more productive, and I think that's the key. And I think we've been able to get better people um, because I think there's there's people in our business now who wouldn't work for us if we were still in London because they wouldn't be commuting all that way into London. And they wouldn't yeah. even be looking for jobs in London. And I think that that's the best thing for me is being able to. To look elsewhere outside of that kind of small narrow you know soho which is where we were based which is lovely by the way i'm not like we had brilliant times we we worked in Covent garden we've worked in soho you know that it's really we, we always look back and say we, at the time we were saying we're going to look back on this and find it amazing to tell our kids we used to work in soho you know on wardle street and it was buzzy you know and you're going out after work and things like that but actually i think it, almost, you get to an age as well where you, <laughs> you, you're not out drinking every night. Um, and if you do go out drinking every night, you're probably not going to do it for another week because that's how long it takes you to recover. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but we're going back in on Friday this week. We've got an all-company social down in uh, down in the middle of Soho on Berwick Street. We're all going out for dinner, which would be great to see see people in the flesh. You know, we see them on screens all the time. Yeah, um, but in the it makes
0: those events. It makes those events a bit more I- interesting, doesn't it? I guess it
2: does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm really
0: looking forward to it. Yeah, nice, Samantha. I- I'm guessing that you're at home, just judging by the sort of backdrop. <laughs> oh yeah, I- I-
1: um, I- I- <laughs> Has that always been
0: the way with you and Nexus? Have you always been at home?
1: Yes. Nice. Um, it, the primary motivator for me looking for a job is that I wanted to to work remotely. Um, and this worked out really nicely and, um, I've not met any of my coworkers in person, which is weird to me, but at the same time, pretty cool. <laughs> and like you said, um, if not for this shift, we wouldn't have some of the people working with us. And yeah. I'm, I'm 100% one of those people. Um, I worked in office uh, for five years as a grant writer, uh, a couple of blocks from my house, and this was just the right move. And I'm in a much more interesting job where I, I get to flex the skills I have.
0: <laughs> Michelle's uh, giving you the thumbs up there.
1: Uh, she says love we Michelle.
0: love Samantha, <laughs> which is really nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the comments about uh, what Matt Mullenweg said. So there's two comments have come in. One is uh, from Michelle herself who asked the question. She said he basically encouraged everyone who'd been laid off to sharpen their WordPress skills market themselves as freelancers to build a portfolio and to, and encourage local businesses to get on WordPress. Okay. And then Peter, who I asked to respond, said it was advice that felt so out of touch with the real world situation where people are at the top of their profession game. Top WP pros were laid off anyway. Nothing to do with their skills. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it, if you were caught up in that. In that 7%. Michelle, um, if you do find that link to where you've been posting WordPress jobs, um, that'd be great. Thank you. But don't worry too much. It's not the end of the world. But thank you for that. Okay. Wow. What an interesting what an interesting mm. topic that was. That kept us going for a bit, didn't it? Let's move on. And we'll talk about accessibility. Um, a little while ago, meetup.com, which is the the website, it's a service. Um and, and I don't actually think it's directly got anything to do with automatic or anything like that. But it's the service that all WordCamps and WordPress meetups are basically required to use in order to uh, to organise their meetups and so on and all of that ticketing and stuff. Um, it was uh, it was figured out that. Well, they basically put an overlay onto their website. And given the, the commitment from the WordPress project to make things as accessible as possible, I won't go into the whole debate about it. But essentially, if, if you believe that sticking an overlay on your website is going to make you entirely compliant with all laws, then you probably need to rethink that. So the argument went something like this. Well, we're all forced to use Meetup it's got this horrific accessibility problem. Can we force them to do something about it through the arena of public pressure? And it looks like the answer is a verified yes, which is great. So again, Sarah Gooding writing on WP Tavern, meetup.com follows through on commitment to improve website accessibility. So rather than just sort of announcing that they were going to do something and then go quiet in the hope that nothing would happen it seems like that's not the case they employed now it was a company i believe it was dq but i could be wrong about that that's what's in my head um which oh yeah there we go perfect uh, they had a complete audit done and the that, that audit identified 732 issues that needed to be resolved i don't really have any insight into you know how fine-grained they were in other words were 10 of those f- super serious and 690 odd were just you know little things that needed a tweak I don't know but approximately 40 of those are to do with um, color and contrast and design and the remaining are things which need to be addressed um, more urgently and they're going to get on and do it they've got two phases designed to complete this work And so hopefully within the next period of time, I don't remember if any period of time was mentioned, um, WordPress will have had a bit of a difference on meetup.com. And so people who are using, I don't know, assistive technologies and screen readers and things like that will be able to access WordPress events, which is like super important. So I'm just going to open this up to either Samantha or Paul if they want to comment on this. I think this is all good news.
2: Yeah, I think um, accessibility is so important. Um, we're we're doing some work on accessibility right now. We've got we've got a, a guide, a little handbook going out on uh, about it that we've co-authored with a, an agency called Web Usability. They're one of our partner accessibility agencies um, that we we you know referring to our clients and work with, and we also work with AbleDocs as well from a document management point of view, making sure their stuff works. Um, and we see it's a it's a real growing subject. A lot of people talking about it. I see in the US there's uh, there's laws, and you can be sued if you don't have this in place. And you know we're we're not the experts in this, but we're aware of this. Um, in the UK, it's more of a tap on the wrist right now. I think it's a it's a like you know can you go on and improve that, please? But we can't see you about it. Um but I think it's becoming so much more important, and I think it's really it's really important to talk about this. You know it, websites have become so complicated and um, and difficult to use in some ways, with lots of interactivity, you know lots of designs going on. Uh, and actually, I think i'm I'm really lucky I don't have any particular accessibility needs. Um, although my eyes are getting much worse, and maybe a yes, little yes. in, in a couple of yeah. years, because yeah. you know you hit mid forties and it's all yeah. downhill, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I think it's I think it's it's a subject we should be spending more time on. And I know when Gutenberg came out, there was a big discussion about accessibility within the block editor. How maybe that hadn't been at the forefront as they were developing things out, and I think that. I I think if my memory serves me correct, they they address some of those concerns and we improve things. And I think it's incredibly important. When
0: we began the call, I mentioned, we, we just so that you know, we typically just run through very quickly what all the articles that we're going to talk about are. And by pure coincidence, and genuinely coincidence, this isn't some sort of contrived coincidence, your agency filter released this. Uh, Marketer's Guide to Web Accessibility. Sounds right up your street, Samantha, this. Um, Marketer's Guide to Web Accessibility. This is hot off the press. This is today. Do you, do you have any insight, Paul, into what this document is for or who it's
2: intended for? It's, it's for businesses to, to help them understand what they need to put in place and, and how to address that. Um, Sai and Joy from our end have been working with Web Usability, the agency that we partner with, to co-author that guide. So it's it's from both of us, um, but I, you know, recommend people just just go and have a look at it. And if you if you don't want to fill in the form and give us your details, that's fine. Just let me know and I'll, I'll send you a copy without you having to give us any details. Yeah, um, thank you. For just that. interested that's in cool. having a conversation about it. Um, yeah, that's again, brilliant. We'll yeah, be that's... doing more work on, uh, more, we'll be sending out some more Um blog post, I'm sure, over the next quarter.
0: I will, I will short, I'll I'll add that into the the notes surrounding the uh, meetup.com
1: piece as well.
0: Um, Samantha, was there anything you wanted to add in there before we
1: move on? Um, You know, I I, I agree with all of Paul's sentiments. Um, I think it's super important that we continue improving accessibility because I think many people that are not affected by um, an an issue that would require um, assistance. We don't really think of it as something important sometimes, and you know it's so easy to just not put in an alt text um, on a tweet for an image or whatever uh, for featured images, and um, a lot of it gets overlooked. And I'm I'm so happy to see any improvement.
0: (laughs) Paul, you were mentioning that um, the the teeth, if you like, in the law in the UK maybe are not quite as long and sharp as they are in the US. Mm And this next piece, which will just sort of bump up the queue a little bit, this is on the iThemes website. It's called Website Accessibility Lawsuits Are Growing, How WordPress Sites Can Become ADA Compliant. ADA, um, for those of us in the UK and elsewhere, is Americans with Disabilities Act. And I'm guessing it's the legislation which governs whether or not you are going to be uh, chased by lawyers or not. Um, this is a really long piece, so I can't possibly cover. It. I mean, so long is this piece, in fact, that it's got a uh, a table of contents at the beginning, which is always a always a bit of a bit of a warning, <laughs> to, you know, mm-hmm. caveat emptor. Get into it at your at your leisure. But it's a really good piece. I read it from start to finish, and it really does lay out all of the bits and pieces that you need to be mindful of. Some of it, you know, may come down the road slightly later. You've got work to do before that, and then there's bits about the low hanging fruit. But this is, a, this is a topic that I think is going to become more important as time goes on. So, Paul, from your point of view, you mentioned that in the UK, um, the teeth on those uh, law laws are probably less um, – well, they're not quite as serrated, shall we say. They're a little bit more blunt. <laughs> but if you're building clients at Filter for, um, I don't know, companies, institutions, nonprofits, whatever, all over the globe – Presumably that these questions are now getting asked of you right You know, before that contract c- gets anywhere near you. These kind of discussions are happening and they want to know, what, look, we don't want to be chased by the ambulance chasing lawyer. Forgive me yeah. for using that phrase. It's probably a little bit out of place, but you understand the sentiment of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we want to make sure that we've done everything that we can, that we can fight off a case. I'm guessing this is now... As important as something like SEO, maybe more so even. I don't know.
2: I, I would totally put it in the same level as something like Core Web Vitals, right? Which is is you know what we've got people coming to us going, we need to hit green on all these 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 metrics, um, and SEO is just as important as that. And I think it's not just about it's not ne- necessarily just about the content that on a web page. So you know a really key area for us is documents and pdfs and whether they're accessible and we've been doing some stuff i said with with able docs and and we've been looking at one of our clients who do a lot of work in pdfs for their employees so they use like they do operating procedures and things like that in their pdfs and making sure that they're compliant but then also we we because we don't just build websites we build apps as well so we we look at you know how an app might be accessible, which is, it's very similar because, you know, it's a website on a phone ultimately, isn't it? But there are things that we have been learning more about. And we, we I say, you know, we are on a journey as much as everybody else in this industry as to what's right. Um, but I don't think we've ever, we've not been in the situation, I don't think, they have in the US, with companies in the US, where it, is so important it absolutely needs to be addressed i don't think it's just the uk i think it's the eu as well where there's a slightly softer less litigious approach to these things but i think you know from a from a personal perspective it 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 just makes sense it's like um like i remember when i used to walk into to work from the train station to soho royal national institute of the blind and you know, at one point in their life, outside their building, they had a step down from the door, I think, to the office, and then they put a ramp there. And I was like, well, of course they need a ramp. Like, why would they not need a ramp? How's somebody in a wheelchair supposed to get up those steps? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and it frustrates me when people are like, oh, why are you spending money on ramps? But, I, you know, it's, you, you've got to treat everybody, it, it, give them the, the same, no barriers to entry. Um, and give them the same access- accessibility as as anybody else, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely more important. I'll just sort of run through some of the top-level items on this uh, piece. Essentially, what does it mean to have a WordPress ADA-compliant website? And given that I don't know the name of the acronyms for the UK equivalents, so I'll just stick with those. Uh, what are the possible consequences of not having one? I suppose that's the bit that maybe should come right at the top because that's the bit that's going to put the fire in your belly um then they give some examples of companies who really have had to well they they got in there at the beginning if you like target a us mm. company which i believe is a is a bit like a walmart or something like that it's a sort of grocery shopping supermarket kind of thing um they got caught out and really got told off and since 12 since 2016 have been pushing the forefront of this and it turns out that you know it was one of the best things that they ever did um and then how to how to fiddle with your wordpress website to make these things possible and there's some quick wins in there as well like i said the article goes on for ages loads of tools uh if you're interested there's always people in the wordpress accessibility make uh, slack channel i know that michelle who's listening to this and peacha both are very interested in this. So there's always people to reach out to if you're not familiar, especially if you're a freelancer and don't really feel like you've got the bandwidth to take a lot of this stuff on. There are channels that can help you. So just go into mm. the, the, make Slack for that. Yeah. Samantha.
2: Uh, I think that, that, helped, that helped us, I think, just finding somebody else who was more specialist than we were to enable us to help understand what we needed to do better. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anything to add in here, Samantha?
2: No.
1: I can think of um, my experience with ADA is I helped write the civil rights compliance documents for previous jobs. And to be honest, I don't think we ever had anything outlined for websites, but then again, that was like 10 years ago. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah it really does feel like it's just in the last 24 months that this has started to pick up a lot of momentum to the point where it's, it's now become a real hot button article, uh, you know, two, th- four, or five years ago, it was all core web vitals. Now it seems that accessibility is the thing which everybody is is keen to keen to get on board of. And honestly, why not? So that is iThemes and I will link to that in the show notes. It's Dan Knaus. 23rd of February. So this one was from last week. Okay, this one is for me and Paul. Uh, I guess WordCamp London. Yay! Yes. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yes. I mean, from everything you've said, you were always right there anyway. So it wasn't like you had to go anywhere. For me, it's a, it's it, honestly, it's like getting to Berlin or something. It's just just as bad from from grimy North Yorkshire all the way to London. But I'm really excited about this. It hasn't been on for four years. Um, And the organizers are in the early planning stages of figuring out what a WordCamp 2023 in London would look like. It looks like they've settled on a date in September. I don't know the exact dates, but September is going to be the month. But they they have launched a survey, which you can find here. Uh, The URL is too long to say, so I will just link to it in the show notes. But needless to say, in the show notes will be a link to the survey. And they're interested in knowing what you want from this event. Uh, Obviously, having four years off, they're not caught up in that whole maelstrom of, well, let's just do the same thing again. They've got got the capacity maybe to have some fresh ideas, different venue, different approach, different kind of talks, Uh, even down to some of the questions are about how many people feel like an ideal event to you. I don't know if that's around the whole COVID piece, whether or not you'll feel safe if there's thousands, but... Last time it was ROM, um, there were 768 people in attendance, which is a pretty darn big event, actually. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not massive, but it's not tiny either. And I think as far as WordCamps go, it was one of the bigger ones, apart from the flagship Europe and what have you. So go and fill out that survey, basically. But I'm, you know,
2: whatever happens, I'm going to be there. <laughs> what about you, Paul? Yeah, me too. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely up for it. Um, um, I think it's been great going to work camps again over over the last twelve months. Um, uh, I gutted I didn't go to Asia, um, but you know I went to Porto, I went to San Diego, had great time at both of them, yes. and we're, off to, we're, we're planning for Athens at the moment. Are you? Take, yes, so we we are taking a bigger team to Athens this year, um, uh, which is fantastic. Um, so we want to, to talk to people and get people, you know, at those at those uh, talks and embedded in the WordPress community, really. Are you
0: going to be doing the sort of sponsorship thing or do you tend to leave that to one side?
2: Uh, I don't think we've looked at it yet. Mm. Um, I think as an agency, it's, it, I, I don't know whether it, it suits us to do sponsorship. Um, but, I, you know, I think we, we'll have a look at it. Um, and would, would you would you bring a,
0: a big force to like the London one because obviously yes. you know, it sounds like
2: five years ago
0: you probably all were fairly close to London, whereas now mm. all over the place it's
2: probably harder to get everybody to London than it ever has been it is I'd be really interested in the venue or where it might be held i don't know if anybody knows London, but it's quite a big city um, and it's quite an expensive city as well to mm. stay in um I think what I really liked about Porto was the venue for Porto was just like just off to the side. It was yes. walkable to a certain degree. Um, and it was in the gardens and it was beautiful. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that yeah. venue. And in San Diego there was a hotel attached. So yeah, you can, stay, you can stay in the hotel and then yeah. just wander down. It and, was all
0: um, great, wasn't contest. it? Yeah, I don't know. I do. I, I'm. I speak regularly with some of the people who are organising WordCamp London, um, but I don't know much in terms of the venues that they're looking at. I do know that when they were trying to keep the WordPress London meetup going, and the, the, the cost of venues went absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Um, and I'm not just talking, you know, that's a bit ridiculous. I'm talking orders of like 10x what you'd imagine to hire, let's say, the the upstairs floor of a pub or something was, yeah. you know, like eye watering amounts of money. So yeah. I guess this is a big a big thing. I, but hopefully, it can be all mm-hmm. offset by the WordPress Foundation, who tend to stump up for these kind of events, which is really nice. Asia was yeah. just one block, says Courtney between hotel and convention shopping mall. I so wish I'd been there. I really wish I'd been there. Um, the National Harbour, what's this? Yeah. The National Harbour for WordCamp US Community Summit will be a hotel and convention as one location as well. Ah, okay, so WordCamp US. Yeah, I don't know. I'll report back. I'll speak to uh, the hmm. organising team, and next week we'll hopefully have a bit of an update. Maybe they've got a a venue in mind. But it does sound like if they're asking for numbers... You know what's your ideal WordPress size event? Maybe they haven't
2: decided on the venue yet because presumably that. No, would, uh... I guess you need to know that first, right? So that yeah. you can. I'm, my wife does events. She's very good at that sort of thing. It, it mm. blows my mind just the number of things that she needs to put on a checklist on a clipboard and walk around with. Um, yes. Um, uh, but um, I, I, you know, it seems like a massive undertaking to me. It's like it would be quite overwhelming. Anybody that organises uh, work camps, I think, my you know, my applause goes out to them because yeah uh, everything that I've been at so far has been has been incredibly well done.
0: Um Michelle, uh thank you, Michelle and Courtney and various others who keep making comments, that's really nice. Um the she I was at WordCamp US and was with Michelle and it, the, the the event didn't go quite according to plan, um in terms of the accommodation and the things like showering and she wrote various uh, blog pieces yeah. about that, but it sounds like from everything she's written that the wordcamp Asia team really pulled it out the uh pulled it out the bag michelle so no no similar experience Michelle it was like from start to finish a really great exercise and did that include all of the bits that wordpress didn't touch like the i don't know the flights and the 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 taxis to and from venues and all of that am um, it, it sounds like it did but that's really cool um she also says she expects wordcamp u s to be also, so we're sort of marrying a few things here, right? Here we are talking about accessibility and now we're talking about WordCamp yeah. events and the two are now overlapping, which is kind of cool. Uh, she said, I showered.
1: Yay! Yes.
0: <laughs> Flights and taxis were all good as well. Oh, this is great. Um, and then Courtney writes, did you see this? This was hysterical. Um, do you know a guy called Bob Don? He does a podcast mm-hmm. called Do The Woo um, and yeah. also there's a guy called Mark Westgard who owns WS Form. They... T- <laughs> They took a cardboard cutout of my head on a <laughs> stick and uh, and took it around various places at WordCamp Asia. And so there's me like like with my head just sticking out of a potted plant or like over the top of the yoast banner. Um, I won't bore you with them on the screen, but it, I literally spat my coffee out the first one I saw because I had no idea they were doing it. And there must be like 20 odd pictures of me just in compromising places <laughs> of but just this just this bit here it was really funny you can find them on twitter um Aww. but yeah i know it's like, like
2: a favorite teddy bear that they've taken with you sweet. on holiday isn't it
0: like, yeah. oh. <laughs> very sweet oh cammy says went Nathan went yeah that's right yeah uh, it was it was hilarious honestly mm-hmm. can you imagine if it was your face it would like there was mixed mixture of shock and awe. <laughs> so, like, hang on wait what that's what i looked at the first one and thought oh they've photoshopped it in and then the more i looked at it, it was like no 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 that's got shadows and everything <gasps> they've cut out a picture <laughs> yeah, but apparently mark got it properly done from a sign writer
2: <laughs> a lot that's of effort's epic. gone into it then Like i know, more it, I know. Just, yeah
0: wow. and there was one with michelle i was in her trolley on the front of her, her little Little machine that she goes around. There's a little like basket on the floor. Yeah. Right. There was this microphone. <laughs> it was great. Very funny. Thank you, Mark, for doing that and Bob. I really appreciate it. Right. Okay. 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 Uh, we're running out of time. God, we can talk, the three of us, can't we? Right. Um, 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 there is on the screen, there's the survey, by the way. If you do want to go and fill it out, uh, I will link to it. You can go and get that done. Uh, I wanted to mention this. This is slightly self-promotional, but I thought I'd mention it anyway. Well, it's not really. It's not about me. Um, I recorded a podcast episode for the Tavern uh, with a guy called Patrick Posner, um, all about using WordPress to create static sites. Can I just recommend that if you've never, ever thought about this? In other words, uh, imagine the internet of 20 years ago when, if you wanted to create a website, you literally had to open up a text editor and write open bracket P, close bracket, then write some text and write open bracket forward slash P, close bracket, and there was your paragraph tagged on. Do you remember that? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, (laughs) imagine... That If you went out to find a web page, you literally found a static HTML file that somebody laboriously put together. Well, there's this movement, which seems to be really getting a bit of groundswell at the moment, of flattening your pages. So what Patrick's plugin does is it goes around your WordPress website after you finish creating posts and whatnot. And and a bit like Google, it just scrapes the HTML, shoves it in um, a, a zip file, and then you upload it to something like Netlify. And it really does mean that you can shut WordPress down. Obviously, you can't do a lot of the dynamic stuff. You can't do forms. You have to figure out other ways of doing that. But it does mean that your site is A, very, very, very secure because there's no there's no PHP engine in the background or Apache or anything like that. But it also means that it's really quick. And And I would just encourage anybody who's got a ton of brochure sites that don't really need a lot of maintenance, that just need to exist and keep keep up and be very cheap... The hosting costs alone are absurdly low, and I am literally talking ten US cents a year per website for you know modest traffic. So go and have a listen to this website. Patrick explains how his plugin works, how it does it. It's one of many
2: ways of doing it, but um, mm.
0: it's very so, very Miriam,
2: cool. uh, it, it sounds—I um, mean, big movement in this, isn't that? And you can host it on S3. I mean, I'm a, you know, that's not going to cost you any money at all. Um, it, it seems very similar, not. Totally similar to what uh, Miriam was doing with Stratic. Stratic, very similar. Stratic, yeah. has the dynamic elements, doesn't it? It gives you yeah. a, a static front end, but you can still post a form. Um, yeah, Stratic now.
0: This. Yeah, they were they were bought out by Elemental, but basically the yeah. same thing. Only, only in this scenario, you just use. So I was, I tried it, and I used it with local. So I built the website on my Mac and then exported the file, put it into GitHub repo. That GitHub repo then got consumed by Netlify, and the whole thing took about, I don't know, 10 seconds from the time of clicking publish in, in Patrick's plugin to it all being live. It's brilliant, really, really great. But like you say, just like Stratic, only there's no, there's no website bit. You, there, no. there is no website which spins up into life and then collapses itself when you shut all that down. But it's so yeah, fast, very, really uh, fast, because uh, yep.
2: you just send an HTML
0: um, yeah, you're going to really struggle not to get a good Core Web vital score. I mean, you really are <laughs> yeah. going to have to work hard yeah. to yeah. to screw it up. But, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, go and check it out. Um, and if you want any thoughts on it, just contact me, and I'll, I'll let you know what my experiment involves. I should make a little video about it because I think it's really fun. Um, okay, right, moving on. So it's AI. We always talk about AI now. And this project came along. Um, uh, it was Aaron and, or Aaron and Josh from Imagine. We talked about their plugin a little while ago. They have a new thing called wpdocs.chats, and I'll just tell you what it's intended to do. It's powered by ChatGPT, I believe, Um, and it says, I'm an AI chatbot that gives direct answers to your WordPress questions. I've been trained on all the official WordPress documentation, so That's, I think, the point. I might have missed the point earlier. And we'll do my best to answer your questions accurately and truthfully. So it's got to be about WordPress documentation. In other words, what they're hoping to do is shorten the journey from you having a WordPress documentation type question to finding the answer. So rather than going out to Google and probably, you know how that journey goes, you click eight links and eventually you get onto the right one that probably was the one you wanted to click first anyway. And it's probably on Stack Overflow or something like that. Yeah. Um, and this, in theory, will allow you to do that more quickly. Do, either of you does that, either of you have a question that we could try on it? Feel free to say, no, I don't, because I tried it earlier, but I misunderstood. I thought it was to d- build functions and things like that. So
2: any of you two you got yeah. a question for me? Samantha,
1: have you got one? No, I haven't, but I did no. the same thing that Nathan did. How about
2: um, um, how do I create a block? how do i create a block right let's try a block how do i now that's an entirely
0: (laughs) different question isn't it get into the realm of it's not coming back with any answers okay so (laughs) here we go we've tried paul's question how do i create a block and it's obviously doing what it always does it's spinning on chat gpt you get this little nice visual sort of feedback as it does each word at a time but on here they've obfuscated all of that so they just give us the the answer and it says you can create blocks in markdown using the sentence that's not very helpful is it using the syntax Mm. uh quote 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 for example (laughs) this is a block Mm. um no let's try uh what does theme.json do should we try that let's see if we get an answer to that so that that failed, but it does say, to be fair to them, you know, it's Chat GPT. It does say at the bottom, ask me full questions. I'm not a search engine. Don't ask me install plugin. Ask me how do I install a plugin. It also makes the point that it gets things wrong from time to time. Mm-hmm. Whatever the worth of this is today, I still think this is one that might be worth bookmarking because presumably. The AI will only get better. Okay, so in answer to the question, what does theme.json do? We seem to have more of an answer this time. It says, the theme.json file allows block theme developers to control the settings and styles of the block of the blocks in the editor. It provides a central point of configuration whilst also providing a blah, blah, blah. I'm happy with that. That looks actually pretty decent, doesn't it? Um, and then here's the killer bit, which I think is the most interesting bit. We get the sources underneath. So in this case, it has plagiarized is that the wrong word it's it's consumed um three sources here all of which appear to be from learn learn wordpress uh, .wordpress learn.wordpress.org and you can click on those and find out more for yourself so maybe it's not maybe not all is lost chat wp
2: i think the the interesting thing about this is that that a lot of the answers, so I was, I was trying it out and trying different things, and I think a lot of the answers could be done with a, a search in the documentation. So where chat GPT is supposed to shine is from scraping lots of different data from lots of different places and then understanding the context and the relevancy between them to give you the right answer and to give you that that detail. If you're only scraping the, the, the docs, then you know you 're only going to get answers from that docs, which might be as well served from from doing a, a a normal search, although arguably that means the docs will need to be searchable in the same place from the search input field and and you know yeah sure Courtney will tell us if if that 's the case or not
0: but well, actually um, Courtney posed a good question, which was um, how do I create a navigation menu unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, the website, I presume it's got some sort of cookie implanted in my browser. Now I seem to have run out of queries. I think it's likely that I did five, Mm. uh, maybe five or six and it's now in effect, time me out. I don't have, um, an open AI API key, but obviously if you were into this and it was giving you some value, you can plumb that in, in the background and, you know, pay as you go with chat gpt in the same way that you can with this you know chat gpt on all sorts of other services mm-hmm. so unfortunately how do i create a, nav- a navigation menu is out of bounds for me but it might not be um for you nomad skateboarding hello says i haven't gotten a useful answer tr- uh, yet trying it the developer has been active and jumped in to make teams to ask for feedback okay that's cool um yeah that's good to know and yeah it's clearly not working for you yet okay let's let's come back to it in a few weeks and see if we've got any uh, got any movement but uh, you can contact the guys over at imagine it's their product ugly robot is the name of their company which is great isn't it uh it certainly seems to be an ugly robot. To name that
2: because she's good at naming right so yeah it ugly robot that sounds like is that something marks <laughs> <that one laughs> out of ten for ugly robot yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, it was not me.
2: No.
0: It's a good name, though. I quite like it. The, in response to the previous thing about Patrick Posner's plugin, in um, Cohen. Hello, Cohen. I use Jekyll for some of my sites in combination with GitHub pages. It's great for simple sites. It's insanely fast and secure. Interesting. Yeah, I do like this whole flattening web pages movement. I think that's going to be a real thing in the weeks and months to come, especially as people are you know, trying to shave shave money out of their budgets that seems like a really good way of doing it okay so that was chat wp we got limited results but you know that's the way it goes next up we have got cadence this is a piece of plug-in news cadence uh has gone from two point whatever they were at they have flipped over during this week to cadence blocks three i believe it was wednesday it's a really long piece again because they've changed so much um We often have Kathy on this show, and she's been in charge of an awful lot of this in terms of the marketing and what have you. But Ben Rittner, the lead developer and founder of Cadence, wrote this piece, and there's loads going on under the hood. The first thing, I guess, is if you're a Cadence user, which I know a lot of our listeners are, um, they've changed an awful lot in the UI. So we've got this sort of tabbed interface now. If you're looking at the screen, you can see that they've divided all of their settings up into three sections. You've got general, style, and advanced, and you can see that um, working its way down on the the image there. They've changed some of the ways that the, um, yeah, just some of the styles of the buttons that you click and things like that to have a more consistent approach. Um, New updating settings, I quite like them. It all seems really clear, I've got to say. You know, where this border radius is going to happen looks pretty clear to me, and all of these UI things here look really clear to me. This is quite nice inside the block editor. They've added this visual um cue to show you what padding you're going to get and again apologies if you're listening to this on audio but those of you watching the video you can see that this green area here represent well i say it's green but you get the point so it's got a tiny bit of padding maybe like 10 or 20 pixels on the left and the right and then it's got i don't know maybe 80 or something on the top and bottom does it say Uh, Oh yeah, we'll come to that in a minute. Um, And you can see it in real time. So if you are interacting, not just with the UI in the the block editor, but if you're interacting with the settings, it's going to show you that. So you're not surprised by, well, how come the word craft in this case isn't slammed right up against the top? You can see that, okay, it's the padding and you can figure out where that padding's come from. So I think that's really nice. Um, you can also move things around they've inhe- they've started to use grid and so you can move things left right like whole blocks can move left and right and if you've got a series of blocks with inside inner blocks you can move those around as well um, and there's just a whole bunch of stuff you can change the text within the block editor directly in the text itself on a on a certain subset of blocks and a whole load more one of the things which I quite like is that rather than a lot of the other alternatives, where they go for you, you choosing pixels or rem's or whatever it is that you want to go for, they've they've gone for this nomenclature of small, medium, large, extra large, two extra large, and three extra large just across the whole site. You can change that. You can say I want it in pixels. But just to keep things like clutter free, presumably mm. for a subset of users who don't want to know all of that, you just say, well, just make every paragraph small and it'll be whatever small is. So I think that's quite a nice thing. And they've introduced CSS clamp so that all of your, mm. all of your fonts look groovy no matter what you're looking at. You know, they'll be small on small devices and medium on medium devices and big on big devices. So a lot of work in there. And a bit of a bravo, really. Congratulations. I had a play, and I really liked it. Really, really cool. You must be proud, Samantha.
1: I am. I wasn't going to boast, but (laughs) (laughs) they're part of our family of brands. Love them.
0: Yeah, they've done really quite a lot of work this time around. I know the marketing has been uh, probably in full tilt this week. Have you been involved in any of that?
1: Oh, no. Uh, Stellar is separate from Nexus, but uh, I should know more of them. I pretty much know michelle on that side
0: yeah yeah um yeah rob thank you for joining us rob rob cairns in mm-hmm. toronto says cadence release is amazing yeah i'd be curious to know rob what you've uh what you've done with it that you feel is amazing i played with it i've been like i said i was doing my summit last week so i cracked it open at the weekend had a very quick play and then uh my children woke up and that was the end of that <laughs> <laughs> so didn't really get a, didn't really get a long time oh we're besties says, Michelle, um, here's an interesting comment. Uh, Nomad skateboarding. my fear with page builders is that they all claim to be lightning fast and then made, then run major updates about how they're bringing the code up to speed. Um, and Rob's back with a comment. I held off two new sites builds for this. Oh, curious. You actually mm. held two back. Was it features that they were going to bring in that you thought were going to be worthwhile? Or was it just that, you know, you could postpone them? So you did, so you didn't have to fiddle with, I don't know, telling clients about the new UI and what have you. Anyway, kudos, kudos to them. Um, right, okay. Anything you want to add to
2: that, Paul? Or it looks like it, it, some of the the stuff that they've introduced looks a bit like what Beaver Builder had. So we used to use Beaver Builder before the block editor came out, and we used to think it was excellent. Um, and they had some you know some patterns that looked quite similar to that and it was really useful for those members of the team that that weren't maybe doing it in code or you know and um would you know would do it on the on the front end style. Um, so I think I think that's great to see. Um, are you all about the blocks then? Now is it always the block editor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we are all about the blocks. Yeah. Um, we don't tend to use anything. But like we we did use Beaver Builder previously. We liked it, um, but we we do our own custom stuff on top of that as well. Um, we are pretty much full in on the block editor now. We don't use any page builders um, because just because we want to be as close to core as possible to a certain degree, um, and I think that that suits our skill set pretty well. Um, and you know, very often we'll often do Reacty things or view things on the front end as well to to interact with it.
0: Yeah. Nice,
2: all custom stuff. So Rob says. I think yeah, that's the but... great thing about WordPress, right? So isn't it because yeah. everybody has the chance to do things in their own way that that works for them, and you don't need to just follow one route and then that's it. That's very true.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rob says, yeah, it's features. So it was it was new things that he wanted to use. Okay, that's great. Good to know. Mm-hmm. And in reply, Nomad Skateboarding. Nice, Rob. Your thoughts on the last podcast were really enjoyable. So Rob uh, Cairns does a podcast. You can go and check it out, the SDM show. And mm-hmm. obviously there was something in there on a recent episode. Was it about Cadence by any chance? If so, maybe go and check that out. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right, a couple of bits of Irata." Um, first one introduced by me this is, this is about the most annoying piece of news I can imagine There's a beach near my house Which I go to all the time um, I've got children We're at this beach Ten times a year at least Throwing rocks into the sea And uh, somebody This week or last week or whenever it was Found a massive dinosaur footprint On that beach There it is It's huge. It's about the size of my weight, my torso. And I'm just appalled that I am not the person who found (laughs) this giant dinosaur footprint. Literally, there's a photo right at the bottom of this piece. There. That photo, I have sat exactly there dozens and dozens of times. (laughs) Literally there. And these two come along with their... University degrees in archaeology, and they find. So- I mean, look at it though, look Man. at that. There's just so obviously a footprint. Check it out, it's just so blatantly obvious. And uh, anyway, I'm gutted. I thought it should have been me that found it, but
2: I think it's incredible. The, Isn't the, the it? science, it's got to be a fake, right? Sure, no, yeah, it's, it's real. It's to- no. look at it.
0: That's it, really. That's it. There, yeah, they've dug it out, they've obviously you know, decided that it doesn't belong on the beach anymore. So people like me can't see it and uh, dug it up, uh, brought it to some museum. Look, uh, look at their smiley, happy faces. (laughs) (laughs) Should have been me.
2: (laughs) I I grew up on the Isle of Wight for a large part of my life. I I often go back and there's a lot of Jurassic stuff on the Isle of Wight, particularly down in Ventnor where the cliffs have fallen down. And they're always finding stuff down on the Isle of Wight. Um, but I don't think I've ever found anything that big, because that is if, just if immense. you go down to this beach. I, I mm. this is no
0: word of a lie. Um, and you go when the tide is out, you cannot not find fossils. If if oh, you right. can see, you find fossils, and and you yeah. you find them every ten seconds. You you know normally they're about the size of your fist like a you know one of those what are they called the ones that they're a bit like a nautilus now. Ones. Yeah, yeah the yeah. swirly ones yeah swirly that's, ones, that's, that yeah exactly <laughs> that they're everywhere they are literally everywhere every two steps that you take there's another one um but the whole dinosaur foot i'm not happy i'm gonna right. if, if i had a rewind time card i would whip it out now and yeah, play yeah. it and i I'm would be the that. person discovering the dinosaur footprint so i'm not not at all happy about that. But um, let's return to sort of WordPress y stuff just to top off today's show. It's 29 minutes past. We've got one minute left. This is not from me. This is from Paul. This is a human made piece. What's this
2: about, Paul? So, at uh, WordCamp Asia, um, there was a, a, a little meetup the day before WordCamp Asia. I believe I wasn't there, but I was watching it on Twitter, um, hosted by Human Made uh, with XWP and Crowd Favorite. And I just thought it was really interesting because Obviously, enterprise is a part of WordPress, but it's not something necessarily gets talked about um, in, like widely, I, I guess. I think there's lots of different parts of WordPress, obviously. But I just thought it was really interesting that this took place um, and the kind of conversations that are happening around collaboration on enterprise as kind of specific niche of WordPress. Um, so it's something we're obviously inter- interested in. It's something that you know we, we see and do a lot of. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's really interesting seeing how WordPress is used in the enterprise space, yeah. which is more often than people think about it as being used. You know, um, it is it is there. It is uh, an important um, option when people are looking at what CMS they use, particularly when you hit towards of recession. And people are going, well, you know, I perhaps don't want to pay the license fees to these proprietary systems. What other options do I have? And with some of the things that WordPress is, has been on the journey of for the last couple of years and some of the things in the future, like around collaboration, around multilingual, um, potentially going into core in future phases with the block editor being more alike what you could see in things like Optimizely and Sitecore in terms of their block editors and personalization, you know, which is such a we talked about on the podcast. Yeah you know it's 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 a thing uh, and uh i think it's it's just really interesting that this happened um and the the kind of things that people are talking about uh, it happened on the 2nd of february
0: 2023 so it was called meet the speakers wordpress enterprise gap meetup what i'll do is i will add that into the show notes which get published tomorrow along with the audio and video of this uh, episode but sadly uh, we have run out of time, so we're going to have yeah. to we're going to have to knock it on the head. I'm afraid I've got to go and collect my son. Um, so otherwise, he's going to and it is actually chucking it down. So I'm going to be a bad dad unless I go and get him now. Neither of you know this is about to happen, but every week we do this somewhat humiliating thing where i get everybody to raise their hands, the hands just the like hands. this and we yeah. all do it at the same time so yes now go for it paul can you yes and that's all it takes and you're probably feeling i'm never ever coming back after God. that <laughs> humiliation uh, thank you so much samantha i really appreciate Hello. it thanks for contributing Lovely to be here. yeah thank you hopefully when you get the invite on you'll come back, and uh, Paul, same to you, really appreciate it, Uh, look, no, no, there is, so I started this new bit of the show called What's Above Nathan's Head, (laughs) Um, and because I've got a shelf, (laughs) but does anybody, I mean, it's so obvious this week, right, I just thought, as soon as I saw it, I thought, it's too obvious, let me just make, uh... hang on, how do I make me, yeah, there you go, what, what, okay, Mark, what is... Above Nathan's head, you've got 30, twenty seconds to answer. <laughs> you've got twenty <laughs> seconds to answer. Let's see if you can do it. Let me just reduce that. What is it? What's above Nathan's head, Mark? There you go. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the new gimmick. He it says it's a library. Yeah, I'll let you have that. It's books. It is books. Mark, for extra bounty points, name me one of the... <laughs> no. Uh, but it is, you're right, it's a library. Nomad Skateboarding says, I love the hands. I wonder, Mark. Da-da-da, da-da-da. It was good. I had so many comments. Thank you, Mark. Uh, how to use WP Books is the name, apparently. Yes, yeah, it's a chat GPT thing. We will go now, because I'm going to get in trouble with my son. And I will mm. see you all very
2: soon. Take it easy. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.